Hi, you guys. It's Havala. Welcome to the Havala podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. We're jumping into our second segment of our Embracing the Good Hard Life. So pop your tennis shoes on, maybe your earbuds, um, you know, go get that cup of coffee, sit on your porch. Let's have a conversation today and maybe take another step to embracing the good hard life. Okay, so last week I really did a really long intro on what it means to me personally, what it looks like to embrace the good and the hard life. But I realized that can't really be done in just a 20-minute you know, podcast. So I want to take some time to segment each of these ideas and spend a full episode on this topic. Um, you know, when I start getting into, especially today's topic, I tend to feel a little bit of mm, shame around, oh, I should be doing that more or, oh, I need to do that better. And I want to warn you, you might have that same experience, but I want you to know, and what I'm telling myself is it is okay to be right where I am and to start today. I don't have to fix yesterday. I can't fix yesterday. I can fix today. And right now is all I have. And right now I'm choosing to be powerful. So as we jump into this idea, I hope you get some strategy and maybe learn a little bit from my own experience, maybe feel a little normal. I think that's really part of the way that I want you to feel when you listen to my podcast. It's not just inspired, but to have that thought of, oh, her too. Oh, me too. Oh, good. And feel normal in the process. So today we're talking about embracing the good, embracing the good. Now, again, the whole podcast is about embracing the good hard life. And next week we're going to talk about embracing the hard life. But today it's important that we actually talk about embracing the good. Why? Because do you know what the number one thing, if I gave you a choice of let's talk about embracing the good, or let's talk about embracing the hard, which one you would choose? I'm sure most of us would say, let's talk about the hard stuff because that's what we're facing. And, you know, the hard stuff is what our mind wants to go to. It's it's our problem-solving, strategizing, figuring it out. It's our warrior mindset, right, that says, I'm in danger. I have to fix this. You know, I didn't understand this for many years. I thought I was just critical or you know, maybe a little judgmental or a little bit of had anxiety around people's thoughts or whatever. But as I began to really learn about the brain and the neuro um, science behind how our minds work, I really learned something that I thought was really revelatory to me, and I'm sure it will help you. But your brain is created and programmed to seek out danger to seek out anything that can destroy or has potential to destroy you. So again, you know, back when we were cavemen and women, our brain was to make sure that we weren't in danger of, you know, a, a lion and a tiger and a bear. And we were out to really figure out, okay, what is going to keep me alive? Well, our society has progressed and now we're not out killing our dinner usually um, and everything is kind of provided for us. And so because our brain is created to do that, we tend to create scenarios and our body goes into fight or flight, freeze, fawning. We get into this kind of danger zone and we want to make sure that we are safe. 
So if we said, of course, you're going to look for the lion, you have permission to look for that. We may not give ourselves the same permission to look for the critical post comment or the conversation where someone said something critical and our brain went into obsessing about that topic. So how that looks like in my life is often, you know, I could post something and I would tend to kind of scroll down, scroll down, scroll down to the comments to see if anybody said something that was not positive or critical. And then I would, I'd beat myself up. Why are you looking at that? You don't need to look at that. That doesn't mean you don't even know these people. Why does it matter? And initially I would just feel kind of ashamed that I was focused on that. But what I learned is that that is how our brains work. We are meant to filter out all the good, to find the bad and to deal with the bad, which is great when it comes to survival, but it's not great when it comes to everyday life. And so many of us focus on the negatives, myself included, because we want to solve those because we, I think our brain and maybe even our emotions are telling us we're in danger. And so there's a real um, strength and really an ability to change our mindset by simply learning to focus on the good and to focus and acknowledge on the victories that we have faced. So this took a long time, especially when I was in that kind of survival mode of four kids you know, under even the age of 10, um, working full time, Ben was working full time, we're trying to pay the bills, we're working three different jobs at the same time, we're in this kind of zone of trying to get life working and making sure that we all get fed and we all get paid and all those things. And um, it wasn't until a season of just in the grind, where I began to realize I'm not celebrating any of this. I'm on to the next thing, we get it done, the next thing, get it done, the next thing. And so many years ago, I began to really purpose to celebrate these moments in my life. And so this week at the Cunnington home, we had this really exciting thing happen. So for those of you that kind of follow us on socials and know what we've been up to, we started about a year and a half ago, we started something called an author school. We call it Havla's Author School. And we actually kept it private for the first semester because, or the first class, because we didn't know how successful it would be. Uh, Fast forward, spoiler alert, it's been a smashing success and people are finishing their books all over the place. And we are starting another one in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned or look at the notes in the show notes if that's you. But we decided that for the first time we would fly in all of our author coaches to be in our home for a couple days to talk, pray, prophesy, just be together. And some of us had never been in the same room together. Many of us have never met in person. And so it was this amazing kind of family reunion because we've been on Zoom together for hours and hours and hours. And we've been building this whole school together and yet we've never been in the same room. And so it was it was so cool. So they all came into our house and I don't think there was a minute that there wasn't conversation coffee being drunk, you know, laughter. It was a blast. We spent two, almost three days, two and a half days, just piled into our living room. We ate, well, we, we drank caffeine. Um, we told stories, we brainstormed, we outlined, we prophesied over each individual. It was so cool. Went to church on Sunday and then everybody, you know, spread out and went their way back home. And so Monday morning, I have this event hangover. Do you know what I'm talking about? That kind of, I got a good night's sleep, but I'm really tired and I don't know exactly. It's not like I ran a marathon, but I'm just kind of fatigued. And 
And my fatigue often looks like feeling overwhelmed, right? Like I don't know where to start. I don't know how to get that done. I just need another day off. And you know, it's not fun when you have a sabbatical because your brain basically says, get it together. You had six weeks off, <laughs> get it together. So I'm talking to my husband and I'm like, gosh, I'm, t- I'm tired, but I'm ready to work. You know, I just don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden I realized we haven't celebrated. We haven't even had a minute where we just acknowledge what God and what we just did this weekend. And so we only had about 10 minutes, but we both grabbed our coffee and we went on a quick walk down the driveway and we just said, let's just take a minute and let's just, let's just say, look, look what God did. Look what God did. Look at, we, we had prophecies three years ago that we would have a home where people would come and get ministered and restored and look at, it just happened. It happened. The future is here. And we just had this minute. And immediately when I began to give myself permission to celebrate what we had just pulled off, not evaluate, not assess, not see, were there any hangups? Was it perfect? How can we make it better? Of course, all of that is there. But just like, look what we did. I began to feel a lightness, an ease, a sense of like, okay, completion. So I can get on to the next thing. I just want to challenge you if you're listening to this. Have you taken a minute, even today, to just acknowledge how far you've come? Did you have a summer with your kids at home and it was wild, but did you take them swimming? Did you go on a bike ride? Did you go on a family vacation? Did you do it? I mean, that's a huge win. You know, for many of us, our kids are going back into another grade. That's a huge win. It means we made it through last year's grade and we're, we're taking them. We're actually educating our kids. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's a huge thing. Uh, for many of us, it might be, I didn't gain any weight this summer. And that was a huge win. Or maybe you'd put more steps on your, on your, you know, pedometer or whatever it was. And you read through the Bible or you finished your book or, you know, maybe you got a promotion. I don't know what it was. Maybe you got married. Maybe you got pregnant. I don't know what it is. But what I do know is, is that it's really important that you turn around and you acknowledge. For some of you, it was, I didn't go into a midsummer slump. I didn't go into this bad habit or this, you know, weird season that I always kind of give permission for. And I didn't and look at, or you know what? I didn't give up. Like that is huge. Many times in my life, it's just, I didn't give up. I did it. I finished it. And so it's really important that you take, take a walk. Like that would be my, my main objective today for you is have you had a walk? you know, with your spouse? Have you not just, oh, they got home. Now I'm going to tell them all the things that we need to fix and get done and check off the list. But have we just said, we're going to go on a gratitude walk. We're going to go on a walk and we're just going to talk about the five things that we're grateful for. And even if it's as simple as I'm glad I can take a walk with you, or, you know, I'm glad that I don't have a migraine like I did three days ago, whatever it is, just acknowledge what you've done. And there's so much data that really um, validifies this truth that is so good for us to acknowledge and to recognize. I'm not talking about fake gratitude. I'm not talking about, I'm so grateful I have air in my lungs. Well, if that's not really something that floats your boat, maybe it, you have to find something that, that you can acknowledge. You know, yesterday we picked blackberries. That was awesome. Like I actually... We grew blackberries, not intentionally, not on purpose, you know, spontaneously. But guess what? I'm out with my kids picking blackberries. Oh my gosh, that happened. I ran into a friend this week and I was talking to somebody else and she rocked over to me and she goes, hey, I have to tell you something. And I said, what is it? And she said, I'm dating. I'm I'm dating. Now you have to understand she hasn't been dating for many, many, many years. And she's been waiting for the right one. And she met someone. 
and she's excited and I'm thrilled. I'm probably more excited than she is. I'm like, this is worth celebrating. When somebody has waited a long time and they find a guy that loves God, they enjoy life. I mean, this is this is amazing. And that's what I'm talking about. It's that idea of like, it's good for us to celebrate together. It's good for us to acknowledge. I didn't start dating. I'm happily married. But because I enjoyed her good news, I actually felt better. Yeah. I felt like, wow, why, that's so cool. I know how I would feel if that happened to me. That's a success. Oh my gosh. So that's part of, I think, celebrating, acknowledging the good life is even acknowledging somebody else's good. You got healed. You got married. You got the job. You got the promotion. You know, it's it's in the midst of the dark parts where we go, oh my gosh, you had a healthy baby. I'm so excited for you. There is something powerful that happens. And for me personally, when I'm in the dumps and I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm not doing well, I can attend a baby shower and feel better. It's like, oh my gosh, there's life. People are building their family. I remember what that was like. It's so fun. Or, you know, I can go, you know, somewhere else, maybe on a date and I look at a couple next to me and maybe they get engaged and it's like, oh my gosh, they found love. And there's just this, this joy, or at least for me personally, it's being in church when I watch somebody who gets ministered to and they have tears streaming down their face. And I know that the God of the universe is speaking directly to their heart and they are feeling known. Oh my gosh. Wow. My heart lights up. I get excited. I'm like, see, that is good. That's the celebration. You know, if you don't feel good about your life right now, go find someone to celebrate. If life is hard, give somebody the good for a minute, acknowledge their good for a minute. And that's huge. Okay. I'm going to stop preaching. So here's what I recommend. I'm going to give you like seven quick takeaways to really embrace the good in your life and things that I'm doing that have been really helping me is first to recognize the small wins. I obsess about getting the big wins to happen, but I don't always recognize the small wins. And so for some of you, it might be, you know, just a tiny win. You drank more water. You know, maybe you nailed the job that you're in right now. It's a tough job and you're doing it. And maybe you had a great workout. You crushed a killer workout. Hey, good job. Maybe, you know, you you just had, you, you spoke nicely when you wanted to, to rip them a new one and you were like, nope, I'm going to talk kindly. I'm not going to do that. Acknowledge it. Celebrate it. Again, you know, part of this whole habit building life, which we talked about with Jenna in Habit um, Lab, is that you have to actually acknowledge when you do something good because that cue and that celebration makes your brain want to do it again, that releases the dopamine to want to do it again. So that's really, really important. The second thing is you have to practice gratitude. Did you hear the first word, practice? Some of us just don't wake up grateful. I know it's okay if you're not, you know, gratitude Sally. It's okay if you don't feel that grateful, you know? So how do we practice gratitude? Well, here's some things that I really try to implement. I try to thank people that are serving me. When I go to a restaurant and I teach my kids this, I, I'm not saying that they do it all the time. I'm, it's a work in progress. But I, when she comes or he comes to our table, I want us to look up from our phones, or our menu, and look at them in the eye. Acknowledge these people are serving us. They're not just there because, you know, they're just, well, they're the part of the staff. That's what they do. No, no, no. They're people. I cleaned houses for six years. You know, I appreciated one of my clients looking me in the eyes and saying, thank you for cleaning my house or thank you for coming. I didn't want somebody ignoring me as I come in. I'm not, I'm not invisible. I'm a person. And so acknowledging them. You know, even if you've heard the, the, the specials or you've been there a thousand times, instead of saying, I know, I already know what I want, you know, I already, I already know what I need. 
actually just saying, yeah, I was sure we'll hear the specials and just acknowledging that they're sharing it with you and just saying, gosh, that sounds great. And just treating them, finding out their name, calling them by name. All of those are really great ways. You may not be able to leave a, a huge tip, but you can leave them with it gratitude. And that's a huge thing, right? So express that. Another way that I do it is when the UPS guy comes or the Amazon, I don't just, you know, not look at them. I look at, say, thanks so much or have a great day or, you know, but gosh, you're working hard. Just acknowledging, giving people thanks. Wow. Thank you so much. Acknowledging them, practicing gratitude to the person checking you out in the store, not the guy checking you out. I'm talking about the cashier checking out your stuff. <laughs> you can be grateful for that too, but just those simple things of thank you when you're going through a toll or someone does something, maybe the, the, the worker at the school pickup line. And instead of just getting your head down and being like, I'm just in the zone. No, I'm going to look up. I'm going to see people. I'm going to acknowledge. I'm going to look at them in the eye there. And something happens when you do that. Well, I'm shy. Well, but you're, you're a Christian, right? <laughs> you're still, you can still be kind, right? Shy people can still be kind, right? So again, well, I'm busy. Well, everybody's busy, but you know, you can also be a butthead. So be nice. I know you're busy. I'm busy too. Look up, look them in the eye and acknowledge them. It matters. It matters. There was one lady I remember I'd flown into a conference um, in March and um, they had this rental car fiasco and there was this, I think there was some kind of car thing going on. I'm such a girl. I don't, I don't know what the car thing was, but they were out of cars. And so I pulled up to check out with this car and then they had me go back around and I pulled up with another car and she said, oh, that's the wrong car. And I went back around and I'm just being nice. I'm just being nice. I have flown all day. It's midnight. I have another drive for another hour. But this lady is working and I'm thinking to myself, what would it be like to be at midnight at the airport working with these, with these cars and the system not working and it's not her fault? And by the end of it, I knew her name and I looked at the eye and I said, thank you so much. And she went and got another car for me, pulled it up and I dug through my purse and I found this $50 Amazon gift card. I didn't have any cash on me, but I thought I'm just going to give her this. And I just said, ma'am, you have been incredibly gracious to me. I know you're, you are working so hard. And for all the people that didn't see it today, I do. And I just gave her the card and her eyes filled up with tears. And she said, thank you so much. You have no idea what this means to me. And I drove away. I could have been angry and frustrated. Come on, I'm a gold member. I do this all the time. You know, this is what I do for a living. This is ridiculous. No, practice gratitude and your kids will watch you. Listen, you can't be mean to everybody and tell your kids to be nice. You are an example to them. You know who I'm talking to? Yeah, you. You have to talk kindly, smile, look them in the eyes. Your kids are watching you. They will listen to what you do more than what you say. Okay, third, I got to hurry up. Hello, share your success. So it's really important that you celebrate your wins with other people. This was really hard for me because, you know, I came from a family that, um, you know, we, we just ministered to so many people in so many ways. I wasn't used to saying, hey, I got a win because I always felt like, oh, I don't want to make anybody else feel like my life is better or I got more than somebody else. Well, I've had to really learn to do this, especially with my friends that are in my core group. I have to say, hey, you guys, I just got this speaking event and it's a big deal. I'm so excited. Or, hey, we just paid off this card or whatever it is, acknowledging it. And it's important to do that. I don't expect them to celebrate the way that I would want them to. I just know it's good for me to share what success I've had in an appropriate way, but to actually acknowledge it. It's really good. 
Fourth, how do we ex- how do we embrace the good? We have to set realistic goals. You can't embrace the good if your good is every six months. And the good is like when I get married, when I pay off my house, like those are great good things. But set good things, five-day challenges, you know, getting up early, whatever it is, acknowledge, set those realistic goals so you can have realistic wins. And then fifth, you have to really figure out how your self-talk is happening. Like someone said, you know, self-talk is how you talk to yourself. So that would be my question. How do you talk to yourself? Are you critical and cranky and you talk to yourself, but you want to live a positive life? Start with your self-talk. And what Ben and I have done, and I know we learned this from somebody else, but my husband, Ben, is, you know, he's a critic and it's not his fault. He's a perfectionist and he just naturally sees flaws and that is okay. That's who how God made him. But if you think it's hard to live with, it's definitely hard to have that internally. And I know that he has that internally. And so we have, we've done something really funny. We've, we've actually named his little critical self inside of him and we call it Ken Bunnington and Ken Bunnington. We know when he shows up. And so we don't just, he doesn't beat himself up. I don't beat Ben up about it. I just say, "Uh Oh, Ken Bunnington is showing up. And we often laugh. It takes the pressure off of the criticism that he knows he's in and feeling. And instead of me saying, stop being critical, stop, you know, tell your critic to sit down. No, it's allowing him to go, listen, you and I both know Ken Bunnington wants to take over, but he's not going to. And just that alone. So name, name your inner critic, give her a name, give him a name and say, Hey, Ginger, I love you. It's not your time. I'm not going to do that. I know that you want my mom. You want me to measure, you know, measure up to my mom's expectations Ginger, you're welcome to do that, but I'm going to do what I need to do. And so that's really important. Okay, sixth, create rituals or traditions that allow you to celebrate the good. So this is really important. Like maybe it's Taco Tuesday, but you know, like that's the, that's the midway point when you go, we made it through Monday. This is our celebration. Maybe it's, we, we go big on birthdays. You know, we have a birthday dinner. I make their favorite birthday cake or I drop off, you know, I send a birthday card to somebody. It's creating these rituals and traditions that allow us to embrace the good, to acknowledge it. So, you know, if you celebrate a birthday or a holiday, or you have traditions of date night or little, you know, Ben and I, we had no money. We had picnic dates in the park. And we had an annual picnic date in the park in front of the Capitol. It was one of our favorite things. And I would bring the little battery, you know, battery powered candles. And we would sit there and I, I even had like a little uh, record player that was like battery. I don't remember where I got it, but we'd play record, a, a record and we'd lay on the blanket and eat and just talk. And it was one of my favorite things, but guess what? That tradition created this ability for me to celebrate our love, our marriage, and our journey together. So those things are really important. It's hard to feel the good in the mundane if you're always doing the exact same thing. So, you know, bike ride there, walk there, put on your favorite playlist, interrupt certain things so that you enjoy it. And that will really help. And then lastly, this is one of my favorite takeaways. I mean, this has changed my life in so many ways. And that is to reflect on past victories. So I don't go back and go, wow, that was a good week, you know, or I had a horrible week. I have to go back to, remember when I was living in my parents' house and I had no prospects and I never thought I would ever get married. I never thought I'd own my own home. I never thought I'd write a book. I mean, all the things. And I go back to that. Like recently I was thinking about Truth to Table and how almost, I want to say five years ago, I'm not good at timing, but around that where we took the huge leap to transition more revolution to our friends and to actually 
to actually just do truth to table full time. And that was scary. We didn't have a, it wasn't like we had a, a, a perfect salary and everything was set up. No, it was, we took a leap of faith and here we are many years later. And oh my gosh, look what God has done. So think back to a time when you think you weren't going to make it. How about the fact we were all sitting in our homes during COVID thinking, what is the world going to, what's going to happen in the world? And now look it, we made it, we made it. And we're going to do better. So that is really important. So just to revise one last time, recognize your small wins. Number two, practice gratitude. Number three, share your success. Yes, with others. Number four, set realistic goals so you can have realistic wins. Number five, embrace the positive self-talk. Embrace that positive way that we talk to ourselves internally. Name your inner critic. That's an extra bonus. Uh, create rituals and traditions around it, around being positive. And lastly, reflect on your past victories. That is going to be huge. Listen, life is like a roller coaster. It's got the ups, it's got the downs, the twists, the turns, you know, all the things, the unpredictable moments, the mix of emotions. And sometimes it's thrilling and it's exhilarating and you're like, yeah, I love it. Other times it's scary and anxious and it's got sudden drops. But here's the thing, hold on tight. And you just trust that the ride will stabilize and it will, it will, I promise you that. And ultimately it's all part of the journey. It's all a part of the experience. It's all part of enjoying the ride. So, you know, this is what it looks like. Nobody I know doesn't have ups and downs, twists and turns. It's called life. It's called being human. It's part of the good hard in life. Now, next week, we're going to talk all about the hard life, embracing the hard life. We're going to talk about that. Stay tuned. Make sure you follow the podcast, uh, subscribe so you don't miss that. And then lastly, if you are still one of those that has made it a goal to finish their book or write a book and you have not done that, you have not started on it. Look at me. Look at me. I know in the virtual world, this is your time. What would it feel like if you were holding your book six months from now, the actual book written, done. Well, we want you to join our school. It's happening very quickly. So make sure you take note by August 23rd applications. It's a deadline for the application. So make sure you turn in your application. All these details are in the show notes and the spots are filling up quickly. So we've already had many people join this school and it's going to be a pretty amazing class. Listen, class starts August 30th. You can apply simply by going to havelasauthorschool.com. That's havelasauthorschool.com. If you are ready to go, you can also attend our free masterclass. It's the why you should write a book um, or what to write about. It's August 17th. It's in two days. It's actually from a day because this is getting dropped tomorrow. It's um, in a day from now at 10.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. So two times on Thursday, August 17th, 2023, and we'll give you a framework on what story you're supposed to write, what book you're supposed to write, um, and the kind of story that people can't put down. All right, you guys, that's it for now. Again, don't forget Havos Author School. Everything is in the show notes. If nothing else, have a great week, and I'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.